theyeshiva.net. One of the greatest chassidim in our generation, which unfortunately passed away not too long ago, his name was Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. A lot, a lot has been spoken about Rabbi Yosef. He has a lot of things that he told us. He was um, involved in many things for the Rebbe. He used to have a weekly radio show on Matzah Shabbos of the Tanya, the Tanya explaining it beautifully, many, many things. And uh, he went on many shlichusen of the Rebbe. The Rebbe sent him to many places in the world to uh, take care of certain things, which uh, we discussed at a bit in the past, and it's printed all over the place. But one of the most interesting things that happened with him, he one time needed an answer from the Rebbe very, very quickly. And there was a system of when the secretaries would bring the letters into the Rebbe every single day, at certain times during the day. And uh, one time Rabbi Yosef came in the middle of the day, and he had to bring a letter to the Rebbe, it was very urgent, and he needed an answer. So the secretaries of the Rebbe suggested to him that he should take the note and slip it under the Rebbe's door. And then the Rebbe, you know, whenever the Rebbe will decide, he will pick it up and he will... Uh, look at it, answer it, etc. So, Rabbi Yosef did that. He was very not comfortable doing that, but that's what he did. And he stuck it into, either slipped it under the door, or inside the door, whichever way. And of course, the Rebbe picked it up. The Rebbe looked at it. He called him one of the secretaries, and he gave an answer. Later, Rabbi Weinberg wrote it to the Rebbe that he wants a ticket. He wants a, uh, a method of rectifying for the fact that he uh, sort of got the Rebbe into the situation where the Rebbe has to bend down and pick up. He says he felt very uncomfortable that this is what he had to do to the Rebbe. And the Rebbe answered him a phenomenal answer. And the Rebbe said, I believe these are the exact words, Hareze kol inyoni. This is my whole being. This is what my essence is. Einbegen sich und aufheben. To bend myself down and pick up. This is the whole being of the Rebbe. Most leaders, people come to them with their issues and they help them. The Rebbe, his concept is to bend down and pick up. But this is not all. There is much more to it. And that is why we're going to go into our Parsha, the Parsha of Truma, and we're going to see another phenomenal point about the, what is a true leader. Not only I bengezichun ufheben, there's much, much more to it. And as a matter of fact, in our Parsha, Parsha Truma is one of the most richest concepts, because here's where the Ebrister tells the Yidden that he wants them to make a Mishkan, a dwelling place for him. So, in the desert it was a Mishkan, it was a tabernacle, and then later when they went to Yisrael, the Mishkan traveled to different places, and then finally they came to Yerushalayim, to the Beis Amikdash, and that was the house of the Ebrister. And the Rebishter says, Ve'osuli mikdash ve'shochanti besoicham. That they should make a mikdash, a dwelling place, a holy place for him, a sanctuary, ve'shochanti besoicham. And the Rebishter will rest amongst the Yidden. 
but as it says in Shalom, Reshis Chachman, and many others for him, that it doesn't say the Osulimikdash Veshachanti Besoichoi, the Rebishta will rest in it, in the Besamikdash. It says Veshachanti Besoicham, I will rest amongst them, Besoichkol Echot Veechot Bisrod, amongst each person. Because the truth is, and especially as it is explained in Chassidus, that every single person, his heart is a Mishkan is a sanctuary for the Abishter and every single person, the body, represents just like a Beis HaMikdash as discussed in many Sfarim. So therefore this is one of the richest parishes that discusses all these type of issues. So therefore we're going to go into a general concept of our parsha, and we're going to see a beautiful lesson about what is a true Jewish leader. So let's go directly into our sources, and this is all based on Likut HaSichas Chelik Lamed Aleph, volume 31, from pages 142 through pages 148. So, let's go to your source number one, right in the beginning of the Parsha, Parsha Truma, it says as follows, by Daber Hashem al Meshulayma, Drebish spoke to Meshul Rabbeinu and he said as follows, Daber al Bnei Yisroel li Truma, speak to the Yidin, and they should take from me a offering, a donation. From every single person that his heart will inspire him to give this offering, you should take my truma, my donation. And this is the truma, this is the donation that you should take from them. Zohav v'chesef Zohav, gold. V'chesef, silver. Unechoshes, and copper. Pasuk Dalid, Usechelis, Vergomon, Betelas Shoni, Beshesh, Veizim. Tchelis, as we're going to see soon in Rashi, is blue wool. In Bcheder, it is the Taich. Tchelis, Bloyevol, blue wool. Vergomon, Un Purplevol, and purple wool. Betelas Shoni, Un Aretefodim, a red thread. Veshesh, Un Zaidens, and Shesh, linen. Veizim, Un Funzigen, um, wool from goats. Pasuk Hey. The oiras elim meadamim and skins from red rams, the oiras tchashim and skins from an animal which is called tachash. As Rashi explains that this is an animal that was around only for the time of the Mishkan, va'atzei shitim and acacia wood to make the beams. So let's go now to source number two to Rashi. What Rashi explains to us what is tcheles argomon and sheish says Rashi as follows. What is Tcheles? Says Rashi. This is a Tzemer, this is a wool, which is colored with the blood of Chilozin. Chilozin is a certain uh, animal that used to grow in the water. And this is later what we use also for tzitzis, that they used to use. And his color is green. It means really a blue-green, because uh, the Taich of Tcheles is blue wool. So, Tcheles is not the name of the color, it's with the wool which is colored with the color of Chilozen, which is called Tcheles. The Argoman, what is Argoman? Says Rashi, Tzemer Tzavua Mimin Tzeva Sheshmoy Argoman. This is a wool which is colored with a color which is called Argoman. In other words, what is Argomon? Rashi doesn't explain. Rashi just says that when the Rebishta says that he wants them to take Argomon, we're not talking about the color Argomon, we're talking about wool, which is colored with Argomon. But what is Argomon? Rashi doesn't explain. Veshesh, 
What is sheish? Says Rashi, who pishton? Sheish is flax. This is what it is. So we're going to have two questions. Question number one, Rashi is not explaining the problem. The Pasuk says, Tcheles ve'argoman. Tcheles, okay, Tcheles we know is blue. But argoman, what is argoman? Says Rashi, wool, which is made with a color, which is called argoman. But what is argoman? We don't know. If a person wants to go into the store and say, I need argoman, we're not going to know what we need. So the question is, why doesn't Rashi explain what is argoman? Next question is, what is sheish? Linen? Says Rashi, it's pishtan. Pishtan, it's like flax. Flax, linen is made out of flax. So it's basically the same thing. The question is, why does Rashi have to explain to us what is sheish? We already had in the Torah the word sheish. And over there, Rashi doesn't explain it. Because we know what sheish means. Look in your source number three. The famous story of Yosef. When Yosef came to Pare, and he translated, he interpreted the dreams, Pare was so excited, and he made Yosef into his viceroy. So it says, look, let's look at the Pasuk. It is in Parsha Miketz, Perik Mem Aleph, Pasuk Mem Beis. Says the Pasuk, Vayosar Pare estabata me'al yodai. Pare took off his ring from his hand, Vayiten oisal yad Yosef, and he gave it, he put it on Yosef's hand. He dressed him clothing of sheish, which means linen. And he put a necklace around his neck. What is big day sheish, clothing of linen? Says Rashi, big day sheish. This is a very prestigious uh, clothing in Egypt. But what is sheish? Rashi doesn't explain. Why doesn't Rashi explain? Because we know what sheish is. So if in Parshimi case, we already know that sheish means linen, which is made from flags. So how come over here by us in Parshatruma, Rashi has to explain that sheish is pishton? We already know what sheish is. It makes absolutely no sense. Why in the second time when the Torah says sheish, does Rashi have to explain it? Now let's continue. In the next passage we said, Ve'atze shitim, acacia wood. Let's look at source number four, Rashi in Pasuk Hay. Ba'atse Shitim. Comes Rashi and asks a question. Where did they obtain acacia wood, big beams, in the middle of the desert? In the desert there's no wood. Answers Rashi. Pirish Rabbi Tanhuma. Rabbi Tanhuma explained it as follows. What did he explain? That Yaakov Avinu Tzofa Beruach HaKadosh. Yaakov Avinu saw with his Ruach HaKadosh. What did he see? Shasidin Yisrael Livnes Mishkan Bamidbar. That the Yidden are going to build a Mishkan, a tabernacle in the desert. Yaakov Avinu, when he was still in Israel, before he went down to Egypt. What did he do? Behevi Arozim LeMitzrayim. He brought cedar wood to Mitzrayim from Israel. He brought cedar wood into Egypt. Venotom, and he planted them. And he commanded his children, They should take it along with them when they go out from Mitzrayim. This is what Rabbi Tarkhuma says. That how did they have wood? Yaakov Avinu brought it from Eretz Yisrael into Mitzrayim, and from Mitzrayim the Yidin took it out. There's a few issues over here that we need to understand. Number one, Atzeshitim means cedar wood. So, is there anything problem in the Pasuk? And what's Rashi's issue all of a sudden? Where did they get these wood? And where did they get everything else? If they need something, you go. You go to the neighboring countries, you buy it, you try to find it or whatever. It, this whole story is very, very strange. 
Not only that, when we look in the other Mepharshim here, they talk don't learn like Rashi. Let's look, for example, the Ebenezerah. What does the Ebenezerah say? Look in your source number 5. The Ebenezerah says a beautiful pshat. He says as follows. Yesh mikad menenu she'amru. There are some from our predecessors, from our original Chachamim, that said, She'yakiv avinu, notam, the Yaakov avinu is the one that planted them, Be'yisrael ha'itziyam imitzrayim, be'mitzvah smesha. And the Eden took it out from Egypt, because Moshe Rabbeinu told them that that's what they should do. Ve'haraya. How do we know that? Because later in the Torah it says, Be'choyl asher nimtza itoik metcheles ve'argomon. The Torah says that whoever had Tcheles and Argomon, etc., they brought it. What does it mean they had? Where did they have it from? What does it mean that they already had it? Where did they have it from? For what? And if we say that they already had it for themselves and what they need, we have to understand, why would they bring out wood from Mitzrayim with them? When we say that they had wool, okay, the wool they need Mistamir to make clothing or whatever it is. Okay, so we can understand why they had wool in their hands. Uh, but wood, why would they have wood? What, what do they have out of the wood? But, another question, how can you say, says the Ebenezer, that they took out the wood from Mitzrayim? What did the Egyptians think? That the Yidn are going out of Mitzrayim to do what? Just to bring some korbanis. That's what they said. We want to go and bring some korbanis to the Ebishter, right? This is what they told the Egyptians, that they're going out of Mitzrayim to do what? Just to bring korbanis. And afterwards they're going to come back. And that's the reason why the Egyptians um, gave them all the stuff that they gave them. So now, and all of a sudden they're going just for a few days to bring carbonus and they're taking out these beams which are long, ten amas. This whole thing doesn't make sense. And not only that, says Ebenezerah, and they went by in Mitzrayim, right near the palace, in the places of the kingdom. So how could it be that? And not only, and what would, did the Yidin respond to those who questioned them? Why are you taking with you these beams? You're sachakal going to bring carbonus. For, 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 you're going for three days just to bring some carbonus. But what are you doing with these beams? Therefore says Devin Ezra, We don't know if this was a Kabbalah, this is tradition, that it was in our parents' hands. Shemi Mitzrayim Hoitziyum that they took him out of Egypt. So if this is a Kabbalah, if this is what we received by tradition, that that's what happened, no, so we will accept that. However, says the Ezra, but But if this is just a uh, idea, a logical process, there's another logical process that we could say. And we're going to say, no. That the question is, where did they get wood? In the desert? Simple, says Ebenezer. Right near Harsinai, there was a yard, there was a forest of Atzeshitim, of cedar wood. And when they came there, Omar Lohem, the Rebishta told them, that they should stay there for a while, because they're going to be in Harsinai. So they're going to use these Atzeshitim, the Acacia wood. And when they came, 
Omar lohem sheshom yisak bo harbe ve'ein aleihem onon kashapir hashti. And this way, the onon, the, the the cloud is not going to be there, and they are going to have plenty of wood. Oz also kolechot suko, and then they made themselves a suko, etc. So the Ebenezer makes it very very clear that when they went out to the desert, in the desert there was a yard, there was a forest, and that's what they got. That's a shitim. What forces Rashi to say a whole story? That Yaakov Avinu took them out from Egypt, they brought them from Etzisrael to Egypt, and from Egypt they slept them out. Why? Not only that, look at source number six, we also have the Das Kenim Balatesis, that he also says that the Atzishitim, where did they get it? In the desert. Look, look inside. And in the Midbar, they were these big forests. From there, they took these Eitzim, these woods, which are called Shittim. As it says, that they didn't lived in Shittim for a while. So, why does Rashi say such a strange Medrash that is very hard to comprehend? That Yaakov would schlep Arozim from Israel to Egypt, and then from Egypt they schlep it back. Something doesn't make sense over here. And then there's another question on this Rashi, that normally Rashi does not bring the name of the person who says a certain Pirush. As we learned many, many times, you remember the past, I'm sure, that we learned about the Masya ben Chorosh, and we learned about the Rav Shmuel. Whenever Rashi brings the name, there's a reason for it. Because there's another interesting hidden question somewhere. And by saying that name, that question gets taken off. And the question is here, what does Rabbi Tanchuma add over here? That by saying that it's Rabbi Tanchuma, then we say, ah, now we understand what is going on. So we have to understand what is Rashi doing over here. And not only that, Rashi starts off, And from where? Did they have which uh, in the midbar? Usually, you don't start a conversation with an and. And means that you're adding it to something before. Here it seems like the Rashi is starting a story atzeshitim. And from where did they have atzeshitim? Um, where did they have the, the acacia wood from? So we have to understand something is happening here in the pasuk that Rashi has a problem of where are these atzeshitim from? To make a long story short, as usual. The answer in this whole story is in one word. Which word? Go to source number seven. We're going to read again that just the first few psukim in the parshim. We're going to see what the answer is. Look at pasuk base. The Rebbe says, Yisrael They should take for me a donation. From every person that his heart will inspire him to do so, Tikhu You should take the donation. This is the truma, this is the donation you should take from them. What is the Rebish to say? Normally when you go to a person, how do you say, if a person wants to ask a donation from somebody else, what does he say? Take a donation or give me a donation? Give a donation towards the shul. The president of the shul comes to one of the balabatim and says, please, give a donation to the shul. Does he say, give a donation to the shul? Or does he say, take a donation to the shul? Of course, he says, give a donation to the shul. What does it mean, give? If we want, he should give a thousand dollars towards the shul. If he has it in his hand, he'll give it. If he doesn't have it, he'll go to the bank and bring it. He'll do anything to get it. So therefore, what do we say? He should give a donation. How does he bring it? That's his problem. But when I say, take a donation, means that it's right there. All he has to do is just take it. The Rebishter was saying over here to the people, 
Not that they should go and obtain things to bring to the Mishkan. No. They should take from the stuff that they have at home. Take some of that and give it to the Mishkan. Something which is already at home in their possession. How do we see that? Because if you give a look, what did the Rebishter ask for a donation? What is the word donation here? Truma. Look at source number 8. Pasuk says Truma. What does Truma mean? Answers Rashi. Look at source number 8. Hafrosha. What does it mean Hafrosha? To separate. Yafrishuli mimamoinam nedava. From their money that they have from their possessions, from that they should take a... Um, a donation, give something to the Ebishter. Which means that all the things that the Ebishter asked, they already had in their possession. So all the other things, the wool, we'll figure out in a minute, it seems like it's not such a big deal. Most probably they all had wool, wool as we will soon see. But when it comes to Atzei Shittim, the Ebishter says, go into your, 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 your bags, the, the people are traveling, right? They're traveling just from Mitzrayim. Go into your bags and, and bring me 10 Amis long uh, beams. Says Rashi, wait a minute. How is that possible? Where, where do they have it already? If you're telling me that they had to go and obtain it, go to some yard, go to some forest like Devin Ezra just said, or like the Balatais would say, that they should go and obtain it, no problem. But then the Rebishter would have said, They should give, uh, give me a donation. So then they'll go and obtain it. But with Rebishter says, They should take from their possession, which means that they already had in their possession these massive beams. As Rashi, where did they have these massive beams from? Therefore, answers Rashi, the whole story that this is already a long story, goes back a couple of hundred years that Yaakov, when he was at Yisrael, and he was going on his way to Mitzrayim, he took Arozim with him, and this is how they have these Atzeshitim. So now at least we understand what Rashi's problem is over here, and why he has to explain the story. Because the Torah is saying, take it from your possession, who has used Yashashitim? The answer is, Yaakov told him to do it. And if that's the case, now we'll understand also the Tcheles Argomen and the Sheish, why Rashi has to explain over here that linen means Pishtan, even though we already had it before in Pasha Miketz. Let's continue in source number 9, because Rashi understands it, that the Yidin had a lot of wool when they came out of Mitzrayim. Why did they have a lot of wool? Let's look in source number 9. Parsha boy, pasuk you, pedicute, pasuk test. What does it say? By Yomer Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu told Pari when Pari said, "Who's going to uh, wants to leave Mitzrayim?" So Moshe Rabbeinu answered, "Binoreinu biskenenu neilech." Our young people, our older people are going to go. Bebonenu bivneseinu. We're going with our sons and our daughters. Betzoinenu bivkerenu neilech. We're going to go with our sheep and our cattle, which means that the Yidden, all Yidden, had sheep when they had when they left Mitzrayim. And not only that, they had sheep, look in source number 10. Over there it says even stronger. So the Yidin left Egypt from Ramses to Sukkot. And what did they have with them? They had a lot of sheep. So we see that the Yidin had a lot of sheep. And therefore... When you have a lot of sheep, you have a lot of wool. When you have a lot of wool, you don't just use plain wool. You have wool with different colors. So therefore, the Yidin had uh, wool with, with Chelis or with Argomon. Right now, it's not so much important to know what is Argomon because the Pasuk is not asking for a color Argomon. The Pasuk is asking wool, which is 
colored with our government, which at that time they knew what our government is, and right now it's not very important to know what it is. The main point is that we have to understand what is it that they to ask them. That they to ask for wool, which is already colored with our government. So that is why Rashi says it in both places. Tzemer, this is a wool that has either tchelis, blue, or our government. And now we can understand why Rashi explains by Sheish that it's Pishton. Why does he do that? Look at source number 11. Parsha Bereshis, right by the beginning of the Torah, in the second chapter, Patek Bey is prosecuted, when he talks about what Ganeden looked like, says the Pasuk as follows, Venohar Eden, a river went out from Ganeden to uh, water the beautiful garden, and from there it splits out, and it splits out into four. Into four other rivers. What's the name of the first river? Shem Ha'echad Pishoin. The name of the first one is Pishoin. What is this Pishoin? Says Rashi, look at source number 12. Rashi, Pishoin. Who is this Pishoin? Who Nilus Nehar Mitzrayim. This is Nilus, which is the river of Mitzrayim. Val Shem, why is it called Pishoin? What kind of name is that? Says Rashi, Val Shem Shemeimo Misborchin Veoilin, and because the waters of the Nilus they always grow, they 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 come up and Umashkinesaoritz, and they water the whole land of Mitzrayim. Nikro Pishoin, it's called Pishoin. What is the word Pishoin? Kmei Ufashu Farosh of this apostolic that says the, the the chariots are going to increase, become more. So Pishoin is from the word increase. And the Rashi continues, Dovarachir, another Pshat. What is Pishon? Shehu Megadel Pishton. That this is a water that waters and grows Pishton flax. Shenemar al Mitzrayim, as it says about Egypt in another Pasuk, Uvoishu Oivde Pishtim. And those who worship the, with the flax, they are going to have a certain thing, whatever. But the bottom line is that Mitzrayim has a lot of Pishton. Oh, so now we understand why Rashi has to explain that Sheish is Pishton. Rashi is not here to explain what is Sheish. We know what Sheish is because we already had it by the story of Yosef in Parshimiketz. Rashi is trying to explain why did they have a lot of Pishton with them already. The answer is because this is one of the beautiful material of Mitzrayim. And look at source number 13 in Parsha Boy, Perikid Beis, Pasuk Lamedvav. What does the Tater say over there? Vayinatzlu es Mitzrayim. That the Yidin had a mitzvah to empty out Mitzrayim, to take everything out of there. So therefore, for sure, they took a lot of Pishton, which is one of the prestigious things of Egypt. So if that's the case, now we can understand what happened over here, how they had all these um, things with them. Okay, so now at least we understand that. But the question is, what's Taka the reason? Why is it that Yaakov Avinu had to plant Arozim 200 years before and send them to, um, to, 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 bring them with, to Egypt and then the Yidin should take it with them to, um, to the desert? So some of our want to say that the reason why Yaakov did it is because the Rebish, he knew that the Rebish that was going to tell the Yidin that they should take from their own possession. But that's a very, very hard answer to say because there are many ways how to, uh, to say that the Yidin, if, if that's what they had to do, so they could have taken right when they, in Mitzrayim, he didn't have to bring it from Eretz Yisrael. There are many things that they could have done in order to have it right away. So the question is, 
why is it that we these these wood had to come all the way from Eretz Yisrael into Mitzrayim back out that's why Rashi answers Pirish Rabbi Tanhuma. Rabbi Tanhuma says a beautiful pshat over here what does he say source number 14 that Yaakov Avinu saw Beruach HaKodesh he saw with his divine inspiration what did he see that the Yidin are going to make a Mishkan in the Midbar and therefore he brought these Arazim these cedar woods into Mitzrayim, and he planted them, and then he told his children that they should take them with, with them. What is the idea over here? Very, very simple. What does Tanhuma mean? Rabbi Tanhuma. Tanhuma comes from the word consolation, to console the Yidin. What is the idea of consoling? Yaakov Avinu, he was the one that started the concept of Golos. He started the concept of going into um, exile. And when Yosef was in Egypt, and he told his father to come down, as we learned in a few weeks ago, if you remember the Parsha, Yaakov Avinu was afraid to go down. The Rebishter says, no, don't worry, this is all part of the plan. So although Yaakov Avinu knew that he's going to go now into Mitzrayim, and it's all part of the plan. But the Yidin are going to go into suffering. And then they're going to go out of Golis. And they're going to come back into the desert and receive the Torah. And then go back into Eretz Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu wanted to console the Yidin throughout that time. Make sure that when they are in Golis, they should see that they are not alone. Yaakov is with them. So what did Yaakov Avinu do? And not only that. Yaakov Avinu wanted that the Yidin, no matter where they are, they should remember. Where do they belong? They belong in Eretz Yisrael. They do not belong in Mitzrayim. They do not belong in Golos. So what did Yaakov Avinu do? He took Arozim, which is one of the strongest types of wood, and he took it from Eretz Yisrael, and he planted it in Mitzrayim. So while the Yidin are in Mitzrayim, what do they see? They see something which belongs in their source. It reminds them of hometown of Eretz Yisrael. And then he told his children, when you go back into the desert, you take them with you. This way you are constantly attached to your source. And this is the reason why Yaakov Avinu did all of this. And this is the reason why the Mishkan had to be from Atzishitim, always to remind the Yidin that they belong back in their source. So now we understand what happened over here with these Atzishitim. But let's try to go another, a little bit deeper and we're going to see a phenomenal thing about these Atzishitim. Go into your source number 15. This is from Bereshis Rabbah. This is in the Medrash, in Bereshis, in Pasha Tazayin, Siv Dalet. The Medrash over there says, Kol HaMalchiyos that all the kingdoms and especially all the Golos, all the exiles that the Yidim went through, Nikroi Salshem Mitzrayim are called Mitzrayim. The Yidin went in Golos Mitzrayim. Then the Yidin went to Golos, Modayim, Bavel, and Yavon. All the exiles that the Yidin went through, they are all connected to Mitzrayim, to the original one, which is in Mitzrayim. Not only that, look at source number 16, Rabbeinu Bachye, that we discussed many times, Rabbeinu Bachye, and the Alter Rebbe, the first Rebbe of Chabad, in Lekutitayr, in Parshat Masay, what do they say? That Golus Nimshel Alichas Bnei Yisrael Bamidbar. That when the Yidin went through the desert the first time, this is just like any other time they went into Golus. That that is an image. If somebody wants to know what is going to happen to the Yidin during Golus, just look what happened to the Yidin in the Midbar. 
What is the purpose of going through a Golus? To go through a Midbar, to go through a desert? There's a process here. The Rebishter takes in, he makes them go through a process, which is Golus, which is like Mitzrayim, like the Midbar. For what purpose? That they should take this world and turn it into a Mishkan, into a dwelling place for Hashem, until the final dwelling place, which is the Beis Amikdash Ashlishi, the third Beis Amikdash. So this is a process here. Now, the question is, how do we deal with this Golos? It's not an easy task. Throughout history, Golos, these exiles, were the worst thing. They oppressed the Yidden. Yidden were always almost losing it. What kept them? What was the consoling? What, what kept them going the whole time? Answers the Torah. What kept them going is these Atzishitim, these Arozim of Yaakov Avinu. How do we see that? Look in source number 17. There's a Posik in Tehillim. In Tehillim, in Perik Tzadik Beis, Posik Yud Gimel. And the Posik says as follows. We say it every Friday night, and we say it every Shabbos morning, in Davening. The Posik says as follows. Tzadik Katomor Yifroch that a tzaddik he will flourish like a palm tree like a cedar tree he will grow he will uh, be tall like the eres in Levonin. in other words when we talk about the concept of arozin when we say the word a cedar tree what are we referring to? a tzaddik why? What does the Tadik have to do with the Atzishitim of the Beis Amikdash? We're going to learn a beautiful Kliyakar. Look at source number 18. Later in the parasha, when the parasha talks, what did they do with these Atzishitim? What did they do? Says the Torah, in Truma Perik Ravov, Pasuk Tezvov, the Torah says as follows, You should make the Kroshim, the beams, for the Mishkan. What should you make them out of? Atzishitim Oimdim. These Atzishitim that are standing. What does it mean, Atzishitim, that are standing? Says the Kliyokar. Kliyokar is one of the biggest uh, commentaries on the Pasuk. Look at source number 19. Kliyokar of Pasuk says, Hakroshim. It doesn't say, Vosiso Kroshim La Mishkan. You should make beams to the Mishkan. It says, Vosiso as Hakroshim La Mishkan. In Hebrew, we always know when there's a hey in front of a word, means the Kroshim. It means the famous Kroshim. What is this famous Kroshim? Says, says the Kliyokor, Hainu oisom arozim shenota lomohem Yaakov b'Mitzrayim. Sim in the Dover. Maybe Yaakov Mitzrayim. Did Yaakov Avinu, these are the Kroshim, this is not just plain beams. These are the beams that Yaakov Avinu schlepped from Eretz Yisrael, planted them in Mitzrayim, and then told Yidin to take them out. Sim in the Dover, what is a simon to this? What is a sign to this? The words, Hakroshim la Mishkan, the words, Hakroshim, the beams of the Mishkan, Oile la Mispar is the same numeric value, the same gematria as the words, Yaakov Avinu notam lohem arozim be Mitzrayim. That Yaakov Avinu planted for them arozim be Mitzrayim. The two words, Kroshim la Mishkan, the, the beams of the Mishkan, and Yaakov Avinu planted arozim be Mitzrayim have the same numeric value. What is the numeric value of them? Kimis parshneihem, each one is tof tof reish tzadik hei. Tof tof reish tzadik hei is 1095. What is this concept of 1095 to the Kroshim? Because 1095 is tof tof reish tzadik hei, which in Hebrew is the word 
tisratze. You should be satisfied. You should pardon. What is Yaakov Avinu saying over here? Yaakov Omar Leila Kodesh Baruch. Yaakov Avinu, he saw that there's going to be a problem when the Yidin are going to be in the desert, that they're going to make a eagle, they're going to make a golden calf. So he asked the Abishter, Tell me, Abishter, with what are you going to be pardoned? How are you going to pardon the Jews? How are you going to be satisfied regarding the story of the Eagle? The Abishter answered him, Oh, if they are going to have Atsay Shittim, if they are going to have beams of Shittim, Atsay Shittim, then I will be Nisratse. What is this Atsay Shittim that they pardon anything that could go bad in Golus in the desert? Continues the Kliokar, beautiful piece here. He says as follows It says in the Torah, Atsay Shittim Oimdim. That's a Shittim that are standing. What is this Atsay Shittim that are standing? In Hebrew, when a lot of times in the Torah or in Gemara, where it says that something is oimed, that means he's already standing here from before. He's ready, he's prepared for this concept. What is it? These are they standing ready to do their job? What is it? This is what oimdim means in many places. Something which is ready. What is it? This is the message of these Arozim. That when you say Arozim, cedar woods, what are we talking about? We are talking about Tzadikim. That there's going to be Tzadikim constantly together with the Yidden, keeping up the morale. Because the guf, the, the body of a tzaddik is compared to an eris, to a cedar wood. Therefore, where is the Rebister's resting place in the Mishkan? Amongst arozim, amongst tzaddikim, because they are the ones who are holding up the fort. Comes the Rebbe, and he adds another point over here. It says, Tzadik katomer yifrach, ke'erez balvonin yiske. That what does this eres do? He grows, he stands tall. There, in other words, there's the regular, and then there's someone who stands tall. Who stands tall? Amongst the Yidden? The Nasi. The prince of the Yidden, the, the leader of the Yidden, he's the one that stands tall, because Nasi comes from the word Hisnasus. Um... A royalty being above everyone else and this is a very interesting thing that we find over here that the Nesia Yisrael are called the Arozim and not only they're called the Arozim look in your source number 21 there's a beautiful sefer called Megala Amukas uh, the Megala Amukas we brought it many times already and the Megala Amukas and also the Kehilas Yaakov the Kehilas Yaakov is a um, sefer an index of Kabbalah and he says over there, the word Nasi, what does the word Nasi mean? Prince. Nasi is Nun, Sin, Yud, Aleph. What does Nun, Sin, Yud, Aleph stand for? Nitsutsoi Shel Ya'akov Avinu. Every Nasi, every leader in the generation, is a spark of Ya'akov Avinu. And the question is asked all over the place. Why is a Nasi a spark of Ya'akov Avinu? Why is he a spark of Avram Avinu? Why is this spark of Yitzchak Avinu? Why is he a spark of Yaakov Avinu? According to what we explained over here, everything now makes sense. What is the true leader? 
A true leader is someone who leads the Yidin to their goal. Not that only that he takes care of their immediate needs that they should have what they have. He is there to take care of the Yidin, to explain to them what the final goal, where they have to get to, and to push them and say, guys, let's go, let's get to that point. Who is the first one that did that? Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu brought over his children, as we learned in Parshas Vayechi, I'm sure you remember. And he called over his children, Hey, us, come gather together, and I will tell you what's going to happen. I will tell you what's going to happen at the end of times. Which means that Yaakov Avinu had it all straight planned out. He knew exactly what the Rebishter wants to do. Unfortunately, he couldn't tell them everything, as the whole story goes over there in Parshas Vayechi. So what did Yaakov Avinu do? Already pre-prepared before that whole story. When he was in Israel, and he knew he's going now to Golis, and he's going to take his children into Egypt, and they are going to go through this unbelievable Golis. And he knew there's going to be more Golis than after that. Because Mitzrayim is only the beginning. What did he do? He took Arazim. He took strong cedar woods, which later represents the Tzadikim, the Nesim, the leaders of the generations. And what did he do? He schlepped them with them to Mitzrayim. They go along with the Yidin in the Golis. And what are they there for? That they are there constantly reminding the Yidin. Golos is not the place where we belong. Where do we belong? We belong back in Eretz Yisrael. And that is why they do everything possible to get the Yidin to do their mitzvahs, to do more Torah. Why? Not just so they should become better people, but this way they prepare themselves to go out of this bitter Golos and build the base Samikdash Hashlishi, the third base Samikdash. So now we understand all these things that we just learned now in the parsha. We understand how come Rashi had a question, where did they have the Atsishitim from? Because this is an integral part of the whole Beis Amikdash. Because the Mishkan was a very temporary um, structure. It wasn't there, so this is where they're going to stay. It's a temporary structure in the desert to tell them that eventually they're going to go into Eretz Yisrael, and bring the third Beis HaMikdash. So therefore we can understand what we asked before. Number one, why does the Torah say that they should take a donation? It should have said that they should give a donation. Because the answer is that to take from whatever they have with them. And they had with them the Atzei Shittim, they had the Cedar Woods, they had the exact process, the exact plan, where they are headed to, that they're going into Eretz Yisrael. And now we understand also why Rashi has to explain the word Sheish, not because we don't know what it is, but because just to prove that the Yidin had with them all these weapons that kept them through Golus. And that is why Rashi brings the name of Rabbi Tanhuma, because Tanhuma comes from the words consoling. This consoles the Yidin as they go through Golus. Where do they find their consolation? In the Arozim, in the cedar woods, which is Tzadik Atomar Ke'erez. It goes on the Tzadikim of all the generations. And that's, this is the relevance to our time. And that is why a Nasi is called Nitzutze Shal Yaakov Avinu. He's called a spark of Yaakov Avinu, because Yaakov Avinu, he is the one that gave the plan. And he set the way for the tzaddikim of all the generations. That the idea is to explain to the Yidin the goal in life. The goal is that they should build themselves into a Mishkan. Because then they're going to go into the Beisamik, the Shashlishi. And this is the true characteristic of a true leader. And as we mentioned before, not just to see that their people have what they need. But to prepare them, prepare the whole world 
Lekabel Pnei Mashiach Tzitkenu, to greet Mashiach, and then we're going to go into the Beis Amikdash Ashlisi, the third Beis Amikdash, together with Mashiach Tzitkenu, Tekev Umiyad Mamash. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.